going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I'm your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. That is Kyle Sapi back again for episode number two. Kyle, my friend, how are you today? I'm doing well. We're just trying to build on number one. I, we heard good things, but it wasn't good enough, so we got to bring in a third person here. You know, heighten the thing. Get, you know, one fewer, or not one fewer, Kyle, but the percentage of Kyle's on this podcast has dropped in a big way, but I think uh, I think it's probably for the better. Well, hey, uh, it's like the Dan Campbell gif. You know, the Dan Campbell where he just goes like this. He's talking, he's like all like this. That's exactly what we had to do here. We're bringing in Derek Tate. Derek, welcome to the PFN Fantasy Football team. Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football podcast, the newest member here to the team, Derek Tate. You can be found on Twitter at Derek Tate NFL. Derek, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Well, thank you. And I want to just say that intro music is kind of fire. It makes me feel like a, a wrestler. I want to like do my intro walk in and, you know, you know, you're talking to the r- fake Rolex wearing diamond ring wearing kiss stealing, woo, wheeling dealing as always. Thank you very much for having me on. Excited to join the team and talk a little fancy football heading into the season. Uh, day number three at the company for you. We waste no time here getting you onto the podcast, man, throwing you into the deep end. We are here to talk some wide receiver and quarterback breakout candidates for fantasy football in 2023. Before we do that, though, we got a question of the day. Gentlemen, what NFL okay, offense? Hold, hold on, Kyle. I, I got to interrupt you for a second here as, as we're getting to know Derek and starting you know, to get our sea legs here. I want to. Do you mind if I ask Derek a question of the day? Well, I mean, you've already interrupted, so I've taken over as the host of the show. So I mean, might as well. Interrupting and then asking permission probably poor (laughs) protocol there. But uh, I want to know, Derek, who is your favorite Kyle that's not on this podcast? We're talking in sports, in life, but I mean, I'll bail you out here. It it can't be a Kyle on this podcast. And then Yates, I'm coming to you for the same question. You know, if we're going to favorite Kyle, I've had a a lifehood childhood friend that ended up becoming like a big time devil ray tampa bay devil rays fan and grow this like massive beard and he shows up on like all the promotional materials his name's kyle racel shout out to my boy in uh, tampa florida i mean there's a lot of great kyles in professional sports but to me that one's near and dear to my heart when you're talking about kyles off of this podcast are my favorites fair that's a good answer i don't i don't know uh, I got, just, I literally, I literally Come just on. Googled famous Kyles because I was like, I am drawing a complete blank as uh, to who else is out there. I mean, I will go, I'll go Kyle Corver. Uh, he was on my list. Uh, Bulls fan. I grew up watching Kyle Corver play. Uh, so I'll go, I'll go Kyle Corver there. All right. Kyle Hughes check and Kyle Schwarber also made oh, yep. my potential <laughs> list, but I, as a Raptor fan from up, uh, up that direction. I'm going Kyle Lowry is my favorite Kyle not on this podcast. Of course, you need the not on this podcast uh, little, little <laughs> disclaimer there, qualification. Yeah, disclaimer, there you go. But Kyle Lowry is my guy. So I just wanted to get a feel for Derek's uh, Kyle knowledge there. And he, he came out strong with uh, his, his mustached friend there. Yeah, I mean, Kyle from South Park, too. I mean, we, we got some pop culture references, not sports related, but, I, you know, some, some ones that are near and dear to my heart. The amount of times that I have heard Kyle like that yeah. you know, oh it, God, <laughs> nonstop uh growing up here all the time uh gentlemen let's get back on track what nfl offense do you think could surprise us this season soppy i'll throw it to you first well it's gonna be a kyle liss offense in jacksonville i mean the jags i haven't i've been kind of outspoken here and there's gonna be another jag spoiler alert that comes up in this podcast but the jags i they were fringe top 10 scoring offense last year 
you throw Calvin Ridley into the mix, Trevor Lawrence, another year, another year removed from Urban Meyer, which might be more important than anything. This offense is taking off. It's going to the moon. Potentially top five scoring offense. Like, I don't think they're the Chiefs or Bills yet. Maybe not the Bengals, but they're going to be right there with anybody else. Derek, I'll ask you the same question. It's not the Bay that I want to talk about there in Tampa Bay. It's the Green Bay Packers. I know Aaron Rodgers leaving for New York, you know, has everybody a little bit uncertain about what this offense is going to do playing out heading into 2023. But they still have Matt LaFleur. They still have Aaron Jones. They still have A.J. Dillon. I really like some of the sneaky upside price tag. Maybe not Christian Watson quite as much, but Romeo Dubs. And then Jaden Reed, also the rookie from Michigan State. I kind of like him maybe to be that third receiver option. Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft. I'm huge on that tight end stack. Musgrave being kind of like a a last round dart throw. Uh, I think that this Green Bay offense is going to be better than people expect. Because I'm feeling the love, baby, with Jordan Love. And I'll, I'll... Keep the uh, Buddy Love references from Nutty Professor to a minimum to start off here. But, yeah, the Green Bay Packer offense, it seems like they're all pretty fairly priced, to say the very least, heading into this fantasy season. Well, I'll throw that question back to the Packers fan. Kyle, do you actually agree with that? I wish I could say I do. I don't. (laughs) It costs some of them. I'm with you. I'm kind of out on Christian Watson. And I think some of the pieces offer interesting fantasy value as far as an offense that's going to take off. You know, I, I, I'm not going to want to be wrong very often. I would love to be wrong here. That's a tough way to start the season. But, yeah, I mean, if they're back putting up mid-20s every game, you're not going to get a complaint from me. I just don't see it. I'm not not off the jump, at least. Maybe they peak and get there at the end, but I'm out on the Packers as much as that hurts me to say. Everything hinges on Jordan Love in that offense, right? If Jordan Love looks like what we saw in his last year at – oh, my word, what even – college did he play at i'm drawing a complete utah state i was about to say was it yeah. utah state like it's been so long since we talked about jordan love as a prospect if you look like he did the last year there uh, no it's not going to be an offense that surprises but did the four years sitting underneath aaron Rodgers actually do something time will tell Help gentlemen Rogers let's move far. yep let's move let's move into uh before we get to wide receiver and quarterback breakout candidates fellas I got to tell the people about the PFN Fantasy Instagram. You guys can go follow us over at PFN Fantasy. Over on Instagram, we are putting out the content. They are custom graphics with the awesome stats that Kyle Sapi is providing here that are going to give you that edge that you need. So if you're over on Instagram, make sure to give us a follow there. PFN Fantasy over on Twitter as well. Twitter X, I don't know what we're even branding this anymore, what we're even calling it. But anyway, PFN Fantasy over on Twitter X, social media, wherever you want to follow us there as well. Additionally, we talked about it in episode number one. We are cranking out the content over on the website. So if you love consuming written content, we have more than enough for you over at profootballnetwork.com slash fantasy dash football. You guys are going to want to go check that out. Check out all the articles and content that we have coming out there each and every day to make sure that you are prepared to dominate your fantasy football league this season. So the website over at profootballnetwork.com. Gentlemen, let's get into Let's talk some wide receiver breakout candidates first here. The the term breakout candidate is kind of like all over the place, right? People don't necessarily know how to quantify it, how to talk about it. But what for the purposes of this exercise, it is a player that we believe is going to outperform expectations, a player that is going to take a step forward in their career. So I will throw it to, let's go Soppy first. Kyle, who is your first wide receiver breakout candidate for 2023? I'm going George Pickens, pride of Pittsburgh here. Listen, he showed the big play potential last year. You've got him trending up. You've got Kenny Pickett trending up. You've got Deontay Johnson. I think they're going to settle him back into his role because last year was a freaking mess. 
86 catches and no touchdowns. Nobody can tell me that that worked. And they, they were stretching him down the field. 21% increase on his career A dot last year. They dialed that back. They put Pickens downfield. It seems pretty easy. And over the second half of last season, Kenny Pickett, 12th best in terms of deepest targets. His average depth of throw is 12th highest in the league over the second half of the season. If that continues into 2023, Pickett's going over 1,000 yards, maybe five, six, seven, eight touchdowns. I got a big season coming for him. He's my wide receiver, 35, and you don't even have to pay that in the draft. Are you any concern here with just how crowded, crowded this offense is, right? And Pickens isn't going to be a high volume guy, right? Let's you just said that, like he's not going to be this high volume guy, but can be the guy to get those deep targets deep downfield. But you're talking Deontay Johnson, then Najee Harris, Jalen Warren out of the backfield. They add Allen Robinson. Calvin Austin is receiving hype here. Uh, you have Pickens, obviously Pat Fryermuth at tight end. Like this is a really, really crowded offense. Any concern there with the overall volume for Pickens? Not too much. I mean, the overall volume of the offense as a whole is lower than I would normally like to target. I don't think there'll be a you know a wide open four out kind of offense. But Pickens is kind of a one of a kind deal in that offense as far as the deep downfield targets. I think, like I said, I think they bring Johnson back. Firemuth can only run so far downfield. Allen Robinson, I'm not even sure he can still run. And then you've got the running backs, like you said. So they're spreading things out horizontally. Pickens take the top off. I'm not saying he's going to be a weekly asset, but a guy I'm more than comfortable plugging in. If it's a injury or bye week or something where you need that upside or a great DFS option too. It, I think it's super interesting because in, in fantasy football community and, and circles and stuff like that, you will see these highlight reel plays and the wide receivers that make them like the expectations get drastically blown out of proportion. Sure. Right. And so like you would go into this year expecting with Pickens and the, of course the highlight reel catches that he had last year to be like wide receiver 24 off the board and underdog is ADP right now, wide receiver 40 off the board. So that is a spot here where you still have him as a flex option. You can live with some of those boom or bust All weeks. Right. Derek, let's turn it over to you. Who is your first wide receiver breakout candidate for 2023? So we're talking about, I, I, do either of you watch fantasy epics like Game of Thrones or any medieval type stuff? So, okay. There's a thing called betrothals, you know, prearranged marriages that happen. And last year that happened in the city of Denver with Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett. I don't think that that was the marriage the Denver Broncos hoped for when they hired Nathaniel Hackett in the first place as their head coach. Either way, it was a complete and utter disaster. They finished, what, last in points per game as a total in the league? That's nuts. I don't think that that's going to happen again. That's why I'm so high on Jerry Judy. And the reason why, the way you look at Sean Payton and how he entered the city of Denver this year, he chose Russell Wilson. He chose this offense, chose this personnel. I don't think that there was a shortage of opportunities for Sean Payton to return to the head coaching role across the NFL for any of those head coaching needy type teams chose to go ahead and get married to Russell Wilson. I think that this offense is going to need some sort of identity if Javante Williams isn't 100% ready to go to start the season. And do you think it's Cortland Sutton? I don't. Do you think it's Marvin Mims? Probably not. You know, Greg Dulcich? Maybe. To me, it's Jerry Judy. The man still has that blue chip prospect profile and still can get open against man coverage at will. I think he his arrival with Sean Payton and him being able to scheme him up, we can expect that Jerry Judy is going to build off of what was a very strong finish to last season. Uh, as far as through the final, you know, eight games, four games of the season, I really liked what I saw from Jerry Judy. And I think he kind of carries that momentum into 2023. 
well, we were talking so much about Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton going into 2022 for the expectation of, you know, this was going to be one of the league's best offenses. <laughs> you, you illustrated it. It certainly did not live up to expectations. But I think as we as we kind of have gone a little bit too far in the other direction, Russell Wilson did not forget how to play quarterback overnight. Like, I know it was bad last year, but we can point to a lot of the other situations surrounding that to indicate that Russell Wilson was set up to fail. And I think that he, in this new Sean Payton system, is going to bounce back. If I'm going to invest in this offense, I'm personally going to be going with Jerry Judy. Cortland Sutton has finished with more than 14 half PPR points in just one of his last 24 games. So if I'm going to go and invest in in trying to get a piece of this offense, I'm absolutely going to go with Jerry Judy. Now, we've been talking about Judy as a breakout candidate at wide receiver, seems like now, for four years, right? But I think that this is finally the year where we could see him return that value. Let's go back over to you, Sapi. Who is your second wide receiver breakout candidate? All right, so I went George Pickens for number one, a deep threat in an underwhelming offense. Go Gabe Davis for number two. I'm going to go a deep threat in a very overwhelming offense, a very good offense in Buffalo. He was sixth in routes per game across the entire NFL last season. You get a guy going downfield with the raw athletic ability that Gabe Davis has, running the sixth most routes, it's going to pay off and pay off in a big way. I mean, his career ADA, you're talking almost 15 yards. I trust Josh Allen to get him the ball. And for that offense to be in scoring position, you know, with all sorts of consistency, over the past decade, there's been five receivers, only five, that measure at least six feet tall and had at least six touchdown catches in each of their first three seasons. We've got Kelvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, and my guy, Gabe Davis. The other four all have a wide receiver one season on their fantasy resume. I'm not saying Davis gets quite there, but in the wide receiver two mix, I, I think it could happen. It's something where I think the expectations for Gabe Davis last season got <clears throat> absolutely blown yes. out of, you know, they were absolutely out of control. And I think that people expected Gabe Davis to be this top 15 wide receiver consistent week in and week out. And that was never really going to be his, wow. his fantasy outlook with the role that he plays in this offense. But for the expectations and sort of the mentality that we had, I was shocked to go back to the statistics and be like, I thought Gabe Davis would have ended the year with like 30 receptions, the way people were talking about it, right? 30 receptions, 400 receiving yards, and that was it. No, Gabe Davis, 93 targets in 15 games last year, 48 yeah. receptions, 836 yards, and seven touchdowns. Like, that's pretty solid for a player that you were drafting as a like wide receiver three boomer bust option. Now, he wasn't consistent, but that's not what you're asking him to do and at this price tag right now you had george pickens wide receiver 40 in underdog adp gabe davis wide receiver 39 in underdog adp so this is a guy again that you can get as a flex option and live with the boom or bust weeks do you think that he is going to be more consistent this year or are you still expecting him to be sort of this boom or bust option i don't think consistency is ever going to be the nature of his game in this offense just next next to Diggs and the volume that he takes up Obviously, Allen taking up the rushing. But at the end of the day, at the end of the year, the numbers are going to be there. And so you kind of – same with Pickens, I think. You kind of have to commit to these guys, and you get the four big weeks, the four down weeks, and then kind of let the dust settle where they may on the other eight, nine games. But I think we get closer to consistency, but I'm never going to call him a consistent option. Yeah, and I think his his price tag is much more affordable this year than it was last yes, year to easy. definitely get to that point. Yes. Do you see any? Do you see any concerns with the arrival of Dalton Kincaid? I mean, I, I understand that he's a rookie tight end, but he's really got a great athletic pass catching profile that a lot of people are super excited about. I mean, what do you even have projection wise for his target impact or target share heading into the season? 
I think Kincaid makes an impact on this passing game, but I'm not sure it's at the expense of Davis. Like, I think it might, maybe it's a few fewer rushes in close for Josh Allen. Or, I mean, they lost Singletary too, so maybe Kincaid picks up some of that. And he's just going to replace Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox was there. He was a threat. He's not a high-end threat. And like you said, rookie tight ends so rarely do much of anything out of the gate. You know, Kincaid will be good. He'll have his moments. And maybe his good games are opposite Gabe Davis's, but I don't I don't think he takes much off of Davis's play. He's basically put up the same season three years in a row. So I think that's his floor with the ceiling for much more. All right, Derek, let's throw it back over to you, your second wide receiver breakout candidate. Right. And I'm I'm kind of jumping on board with another offense that I think is ready and primed to take a big step, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. And if you're a believer in Lamar Jackson for a 2023 NFL MVP bid then one of these receivers has to emerge as a top 20 option, right? Well, Odell didn't play a snap of pro football last year and even hinted that this is possibly his last season in the NFL, hinted at retirement. I don't buy it, but whatever. Then you got Rashad Bateman, who's already made an appearance on the pup list. So enter Zay Flowers, right? And he is a do-it-all wide receiver who literally moves all over the formation. And I mean that quite literally. Like if you look at his route alignment charts, you it looks like a plate of spaghetti. It, it's just <laughs> everything's everywhere because he lined up literally everywhere at Boston College. They ran their offense, their entire passing attack through Zay Flowers. And for good reason. I mean, if you look... At his, he's got the top end speed to be able to stack you and get vertical. He's got enough route running savvy to kind of create the separation on all three levels of the football field, which includes one of the nastiest corner posts, like multiple examples of him just sending people to like a galaxy far, far away defenders within like sending them to a different zip code. It's crazy. And then the type of suddenness that appears in all of his release packages uh, against press coverage and, you know, able to get multiple, I'd say substantial yards after the catch. I don't think he's ever going to lead the league, but Zay has already got an NFL-ready skill set, and I think that the Baltimore Ravens, with some of the unproven options that they have at wide receiver, I think Zay fits in and, and carves out a much larger role than people think. What do you think the ceiling is for a receiver in that offense to finish for from a fantasy points-per-game perspective? I mean, you've got Mark Andrews obviously soaking up the highest target share. The run game's there. Lamar is going to throw the ball in Monk and keep saying they're going to air it out, bring him back to Louisville days. How high do you think the wide, whoever the wide receiver won in this offense can realistically finish? Well, if you're, if you're penciling in Mark Andrews for a top yeah, five yeah. tight end season, which I am, I do think that the receiver ceiling probably is around that 12 to 15 range overall. Mm-hmm. It, it, com- it comes completely down to the pass splits, right? Is this offense going to air it out more in 2023? And if it does, and Zay Flowers can emerge, which I think is in the cards, then absolutely he is going to be in that 15 to 20 range. I, I don't know if I can necessarily see like top 12 into that wide receiver one territory, but I mean, 15 to 20 range, I would say, yeah, absolutely. That's in the in the cards for his ceiling. Do you disagree with that, Sapi? I think that's a little high. I, I, I mean... Right now, I don't have any of these Baltimore receivers in my top 40 at the position, so that kind of tells you where I'm headed there. But I do think there's an avenue that you could get into the top 20 if one guy really establishes himself as like the alpha in that wide receiver room. I'm just not confident it's going to happen. You have Zay Flowers right now, wide receiver 45 in ADP and underdog. Rashad Bateman, wide receiver 46. Where the heck is Odell Beckham Jr., wide receiver 53. So all of these guys are not, you're not spending significant, significant draft capital to get them. If I'm taking the shot on one of them, 
for me, it's going to be Zay Flowers. I really liked his college tape as well, Derek. I think that he does have the skill set to come in right away and contribute. Uh, guys, for me, the most enjoyable part of the offseason or the fantasy football season for me is drafting. Like the hope that comes along with drafting a fantasy roster and then getting into the season and how busy we get. You guys know this, how busy we get getting to like Wednesday morning and being like, oh no, I forgot to set waiver wire claims, all that sort of stuff. With underdog fantasy, I get to feel the rush of adding a player to my team as many times as I want throughout the offseason without having to worry about that team throughout the year. With underdogs, best ball drafts, you simply draft a team and then let the season play out. No waivers, no trades, no getting your lineup decisions wrong. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com with the code PFN and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. Deposit $100, get $100 free. You can also click the link in your description to sign up and take advantage of this awesome offer. Head over to Underdog Fantasy and crank out some best ball drafts today. All right, let's keep it going here. Your final wide receiver breakout candidate, Kyle Sapi, you are up. You were just talking best ball with underdog and they do a great job there. And Gabe Davis and George Pickens make a great best ball pick. You don't have to pick when those big weeks are coming. You know, they're coming. I'm telling you they're coming. I just can't tell you when a little bit different on that regard is my guy, Jacoby Myers. Now I've, I've had discussions with my wife about naming our firstborn Jacoby heading into this season. She said, let's see how the season goes first. If he can get up to like wide receiver 31, like you have him ranked, then, then we might talk, but, uh, so, you know, we're a little ways away from that. But, I mean, the man's 12th in slot receptions over the last two seasons. And that's where Jimmy G thrives. And now that we've got a clean bill of health on Garoppolo, I'm wheels up on, on Jacoby Myers. I mean, the Raiders threw Devontae Adams way downfield last year, and it paid dividends. The dude produced because he's one of the best in the game. So I don't see why they would change that. You've got Josh Jacobs making strides as a pass catcher, stretching the field horizontally. That leaves a big old gaping middle of the field for Jacoby Myers to work and work off. And I'm looking at like four and a half catches a game, you know, get somewhere in that 85, 90 catch ballpark for the season. If he scores once every two weeks, once every two and a half weeks, I Jacoby Myers is on every one of my teams and I'm not apologizing for it, Kyle, not one bit. Derek, what are your thoughts on Jacoby Myers here in Las Vegas? You have Devonte Adams, you have Hunter Renfro still hanging around. You got the tight ends. What are your thoughts here for Jacoby Myers? You know, Look, don't I understand Jacoby Myers has a little bit of connection with Josh McDaniels back to his New England days. Did we forget that Hunter Renfro put up a top yeah, 15 <laughs> PPR receiver season just like what two seasons ago? And he was injury plagued all of last year. It was a hot mess there in Las Vegas. You know, Derek Carr, I mean, got benched to end the season. So look, I still believe that one of the best slot receivers, pure slot receivers is Hunter Renfro. And while Jacoby Myers is certainly going to get his snaps and his looks from there on occasion, I don't know if I, I com- confidently say that he's going to take that s- primary slot role away from the likes of Hunter Renfro. I, I, I like I like Jacoby Myers as a player. I think that there's a way for them all three to be able to eat if Jimmy Garoppolo stays healthy. And while I agree that Jimmy Garoppolo has made a living off of getting the ball out of his hands very quickly and underneath and... Um, kind of a quick hitting West coast type of system. I just don't know if it's just going to be Jacoby Myers that takes up that clear number two role when Hunter Renfro probably has something to say about it. That's the thing that's preventing me from getting on board with Jacoby Myers fully too, is because you look at the slot percentage snaps, uh, Jacoby Myers last season for new England, 69% of his snaps came out of the slot, 29.6% out wide. 
Hunter Renfro last season, when he was on the field, 13.6% out wide, 86% of his snaps came out of the slot. And then you do have Devontae Adams, 30% of his snaps came out of the slot as well. So you have these guys, I think that can work around it. And it's all dependent upon what did Las Vegas want when they brought in Jacoby Myers? Did they bring him in to be right. that Z wide receiver, that outside wide receiver opposite of Devontae Adams, and then have Hunter Renfro out of the slot? We just don't have confirmation of that yet. So I think that's something that's preventing me from getting on board here with Jacoby Myers fully as well. If he does get the slot role 100%, then absolutely. I can see 100%. I'm driving. I'm driving the bandwagon. When that happens, I'll make room for you. I'll you remember this get, podcast. You need but I'll to get make Josh McDaniels on the phone and be like, you better sure. put you better put Jacoby Myers purely out of the slot. I need you to do this. Derek, let's send it over to you, who is your third and final wide receiver breakout candidate. Yeah, I, I don't mean to lay on the uh, the train tracks of the conductor hype train there for Jacoby Myers. Uh, go ahead and run me over on the way to Jacoby Myers posting a top 30 season. <laughs> but look, I think Elijah Moore is someone who is going to benefit greatly from a change of scenario. And, and we've talked about maybe Garrett Wilson being quarterback proof. And as he was able to kind of have a mini breakout last season with the likes of, you know, Zach Wilson, Mike White, and Joe Flacco under center, that wasn't the case for Elijah Moore. He kind of fell out of favor. I think a complete reset in an offense that I believe really needs a complimentary number two. And, and I understand that, there are, you know, Cedric Tillman truthers out there that think that he has a chance to really take that Donovan Peoples-Jones, stuff of that nature. But I, I'm personally a believer in Elijah Moore. I just think he really needed an opportunity to have a clear, fleshed-out role with a team. And Deshaun Watson, say what you will, yeah, there was a little bit of rust. He had to knock that off when he got back after, you know, a year-plus not playing professional football. This offseason seems like most of the reviews are pretty positive and Sean Watson has even talked about Elijah Moore particularly kind of showing some of the younger players the ropes as far as being able tips tricks and that to me shows that he's kind of a leader in that receiver group room alongside Amari Cooper so I expect a pretty big role for Elijah Moore and, and as far as his profile I think the man is going to fit in perfectly you move him all over the formation but he's going to do a lot of damage in the slot and get vertical as kind of a hybrid um, slot vertical slot option I think he's going to do some big things there in that Cleveland offense I 100% agree with you here Kevin Stefanski already talking about how he loves Elijah Moore's versatility right his ability to play inside outside they were even talking about in day one of camp they were moving him around the formation and getting him like end arounds right and just getting the ball into his hands and letting him create after the catch it's crazy to me how the fantasy community has overreacted to what happened last year with Elijah Moore and absolutely buried this guy. Right now, wide receiver 44 in underdog ADP. Quinton Johnston going wide receiver 41 off the board, going That's above different. him. Like Quinton Johnston, the what, fifth option in that Los Angeles Chargers passing attack? Like, listen, I know that it's a dangerous and it's going to be potent, but yeah, give me the number two option. And if we get Deshaun Watson bouncing back in a big way, then goodness, Elijah Moore is top 15 is in the is in the cards is in the wow. realm of possibilities whoa yeah 100 uh, do you guys uh, do you guys have any concerns four straight seasons the browns have been top 10 in rush rate you think that all changes with watson back at, at full health i think I, they mean, I think they i think they're able to extend drives further i think they're going to be a higher like a higher scoring potential offensive uh output wise so i, I believe deshaun watson while I don't know if we're going to see them completely shift their offensive philosophy and approach. I do think they're going to be more efficient. I think there's going to be more scoring opportunities. And with one of the best running games in the entire National Football League, you can't tell me Stefanski's not going to dial up a lot of play action and being able to get vertical to whether it's Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones. And I still think Elijah Moore's got speed to burn and can get over the top and stack 
a lot of defenders vertically and give all, them all kinds of issues. So, yeah, I, I, I think there's going to be more big plays through the passing game in the Cleveland offense in 2023. If the if the run rate remains the same, then we need to be drafting Jerome Ford a lot higher than what (laughs) we are currently because Nick Chubb is not going to have 450 carries as much as we would love to see that. That's not happening. So it's either squat videos, Kyle, he could handle that. He could handle it. I'm not going to lie. He could handle it, but I, I don't think that that's what Kevin Stefanski wants to do for Nick Chubb. So, all right, fellas, let's go to quarterback quarterback breakout candidates. Now we saw last year, the, if you can identify that quarterback that is going to take the massive step forward, the benefits that that will reap for your fantasy team, Jalen hurts last year comes immediately to mind. So who is the quarterback breakout candidate for you, Soppy, that you identify as a guy that can take that big step forward? It's Trevor Lawrence, and I'm not willing to listen to any other answer. It's just that easy. Uh, you know, I, was, I came out a little hot on Jacoby Myers, and I get where that's got both sides to it, and that can go either way. I, I'm not seeing the downside in Trevor Lawrence. Like I said earlier, brings in Ridley. Lawrence was 22nd in out last season. He wasn't stretching the field much. He wasn't asked to. Kelvin Ridley gives you that opportunity in a big way, and even last year, he broke out to a degree with over 4,000 passing yards and five rushing touchdowns. Six of the last seven guys to do that, followed up the next season with a top six quarterback finish. Dang, that's that's where I have him this year. I've got him at quarterback six, higher than everybody on him. And again, I'm, I'm not sorry. He's finishing top six. And I think he could. there's a chance, there's a world in which maybe he pushes the top tier. He's not going to be quarterback one. But I think as far as values on the board at the quarterback position, there's no guy I'm leaving drafts with with more confidence than Trevor Lawrence. All right, let's put that to the test. Would you rather have Dak Prescott or Trevor Lawrence this year? I will give you two and a half points a game and take Lawrence. <laughs> Would you rather have Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert? See, that's, uh, this is uh, now you're in the right tier. I'm still going Lawrence because I think he offers a little bit more with his legs, but I think it's close. And I, I think they get ETN more involved in the pass game, which also helps. Yeah. Because that was kind of a disappointment from him last year. But yeah, no, I'm going Lawrence still. Keep keep him coming. Outside final of the one, top final one, they, final one, sure. Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. I knew you were going Fields. I knew <laughs> it. I knew it. You said I'm the predictable one this morning. You're not unpredictable. I'm still going Lawrence. It's close. That's about where I draw the line. And if you want to go Fields, I get it because the weekly floor is going to be so high with him rushing, bringing in DJ Moore. But could DJ Moore hurt the value of Justin Fields? Like, listen to me here. That's, that might seem like a hot take here. But if he's throwing the ball more, he's running less. His rushes are worth a heck of a lot more than his passes. I'm not saying it directly hurts him, but I'm saying it might not help as much as fantasy managers want to think it will. I think it's close. But you're calling me out on this podcast where we share our first name. We don't share an opinion here. Trevor Lawrence, for me. Quarterback six. Book it. You say if he's throwing the ball more, is he running less? I would. I think there's room to throw the ball more because you they only threw the ball 22 times a game last year. So I do think there's a little bit more room to air it out and still have the rushing volume there for Justin Fields. Uh, I feel like we could do an entire podcast just arguing about Justin Fields and Trevor wait. Lawrence. But let's let's move on. Tomorrow. Let's move on, Derek. Who is your quarterback breakout candidate? How much time you got for Justin Fields anyway? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tua Tunga by Lois. Look, the Miami Dolphins offense already kind of had a mini breakout. Uh, you know, Tua and the offense took big steps forward in the first year under Mike McDaniel. And look, I think Mike McDaniel is kind of the equivalent to a play calling bully. Think, you know, the annexation of Puerto Rico kid from Little Giants and just grew into a man. That's what I think about 
when I think about this Miami Dolphins offense and Mike McDaniel, because he really specializes in motion at the snap and then also 21 personnel, two running backs, one tight end on the field, trying to keep a lot of those three linebacker sets on the field. <laughs> and then you got the burners of, you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell um, to just wreak havoc. Well, they went ahead and drafted another speedy playmaker out of Texas A&M. That's Devin A-Chain. I don't think A-Chain's going to take this backfield away because I, I think he's not really built for, you know, a three-down workload. I think he's more of a, a specialist where you're kind of a Swiss Army knife and he's a weapon that you can kind of deploy in certain sets. I think that they are going to have so much speed there in Miami that if Tua can just stay healthy, which is always the big caveat, sure. I do think Tua can sneak into the top five at the quarterback position. I know it's aggressive, but I really think that this offense has that type of ceiling this year in Miami. So I think the majority of people agree with you. Like the the upside for Tua is there for fantasy purposes. However, it's one of the situations in fantasy football where you got to build you have to go into it and have that insurance, right? You have to go into it with a plan. So if you're looking at drafting Tua right now, uh, quarterback 10 off the board in best ball drafts, like are you doubling back in that final round to get Derek Carr, Jared Goff, you know, Kirk Cousins, like one of those other players, or are you potentially going with the upside of an Anthony Richardson? If Tua Tagovailoa is on the field for the first five games of the season or whatever, Anthony Richardson's getting up to speed and then potentially you can switch that. How are you deploying that strategy with Tua Tagovailoa this year, Derek? Yeah, I'm definitely trying to find a more reliable veteran quarterback option towards the back end of the draft. You mentioned Derek Carr. I also think that Ryan Tannehill, with the arrival of DeAndre Hopkins, you can get him super, super late in drafts. I'm not predicting a top 10 season for Ryan Tannehill, but as a reliable veteran option that has proven that he can be successful in this offense, I do think that Tannehill is another guy that late in drafts. I, certainly, I love the upside of Anthony Richardson. We just have to make sure that he's going to earn the starting role, and we don't really know what to expect as far as how productive that Indianapolis Colts offense is going to be. So I'd rather lean toward a, a reliable veteran to pair with Tua Tungabailoa than a, than a more of a high risk upside. Kyle, what are your thoughts there? I was going to actually ask you both a question. Are Kyle, you're you're in charge of the projections. You're the Excel master, the master of the spreadsheets. Tua eight games without any rushing yards last year. Does that worry you for him reaching the top five upside? I get drafting him as a top ten quarterback, but if he's solely a pocket passer, you basically need to be like Tom Brady if you're not going to offer much with your legs. And I mean, does he need 5,000 passing yards and 35, 40 touchdowns to, to return this if he's not going to give us much on the ground? Yes. And to do that, you have to have ridiculous efficiency from Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle again this year. I think if either hill or waddle go down with an injury then you're it, yeah you're in trouble like it's absolutely not going to happen because that depth chart is pretty thin at wide receiver like you're talking about cedric wilson Cho robbie chosen chosen anderson i think it's robbie chosen now i honestly can't remember apologies <laughs> uh as that third wide receiver like battling for that and then no tight end like mike Kosicki is gone it's durham Smythe. like is your starting tight end i have no idea how they're going to deploy that you know and who's going to earn targets there so it's a really thin receiving core and so that's a situation where if you have tyree kill jalen waddle go down with an injury like yeah it you're absolutely doomed for two uh two of reaching that ceiling but the playmaking ability for both those guys and the efficiency that they provide, I think that it's absolutely possible for Tua to move into that tier, even without the rushing upside. I've got confirmation for you here. In 2022, he changed it to Robbie Chosen, but in February, he went 
and changed his first name to Chosen. So I don't know if he's Chosen Anderson, Chosen Chosen. I, I'm confused. <laughs> we'll get uh, we'll get an update for you guys, and uh, we'll post it in the YouTube comments or something like that. So uh, if sure. you're if you're watching, if you're listening to the podcast, and you want to find out Robbie Anderson's Chosen Anderson's name, go over to YouTube.com/slash/BFFantasy. <laughs> yep, or X or Twitter or Instagram. Who knows? Oh my goodness. Okay, this show went off the rails, gentlemen. That will do it. Wide receiver and quarterback breakout candidates for 2023. A ton of fun. Kyle, what do you got coming up here over on the website that people need to know about? What do you got coming up here that people want are going to want to check out? We got a little bit of everything. We're, we're doing audio and visual versions of some of our longer pieces. So keep an eye out in the channel for those. If you, uh, if you like my voice more than my words, and I guess my voice gives you my words, but to some degree, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> You've got that. We've got, we're bringing out a Cowboys preview. We're rolling through burning questions. You've got our mock draft from, uh, what was it? Yeah. A few days ago now. So that podcast is up. Kyle wrote, wrote it up as an article. You tell us who has the better team. He picked 10. I picked four or I picked 10. He picked four. We'll, we'll put out a, a roster here. I've got Jacoby Myers and Trevor Lawrence. Spoiler alert. So, uh, so we can put out a poll there or something and get it going, but just I'm getting my feet wet and I'm no longer the new guy. So I'm yep, a veteran. There we I go. Uh, been here two weeks, three weeks, no longer the new All guy. Right. That of course is Derek Tate guys. Thank you so much for jumping onto the podcast here. Make sure to go over to Instagram PFN fantasy. We've got a discord community. The link for that can be found here in your podcast and YouTube description. Then of course, over on youtube.com slash PFN fantasy, make sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel and click that bell to get notified for when our new content drops for Kyle Sapi and Derek Tate. I'm Kyle Yates. And we'll see you next time.